Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Mega Strange. How's everybody doing today? You're here with your hosts, Derek and Johnny. Johnny, hello. hello. How's it going? Johnny, have you ever laid down in bed at night and felt the presence of a voice inside your mind and it didn't seem to be your own? Have you ever had that experience? No, but those are great mega death lyrics. <laughs> I think those are actually Slayer lyrics. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, you, you've never uh, just had like a weird thought and you felt like that wasn't me talking there. Uh, only, uh, only when I'm like looking over at the edge of a building or something, I'm like, oh, shit. Oh. And someone's like in your head, you're like, oh, you could jump. Let's see what's up. Oh, dude. That might be uh, that might be the demons trying to uh, get into your mind. That's Pazuzu and influence you because I guess that tends to happen every now and again to people out there in the world. Uh, and that's what we're going to be talking about today oh. on today's episode of Mega Strange: demonic possession, and more specifically, what do you do after you've been possessed? You got to get a little exercise. <laughs> no, I mean, you have to have a little exorcism is oh. what I meant to say. You have to contact uh, a priest or a spiritual leader and you got to get those demons out. When I was a kid, my uh, Oma, which is German for grandma, yeah. she would tell me I would like talk about exorcism and like I'd be bummed that there were no Jewish exor exorcisms. Yeah. And she'd be like, no, they're round. They're just badass. You should look up rabbi exorcisms they're badass and i was like oh shit i never looked into it though that's amazing yeah when i was a kid my mom um like banned me from having ouija boards in the house or anything of that nature because she had seen the exorcist when yeah. she was a teenager and it scared the you know the the, the life out of her the devil out of her <laughs> Uh, and she was raised extremely Catholic on the East Coast in New York in the middle of the century and was just terrified of demonic possession, especially like getting into the household. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I uh, you talk about Jewish exorcisms and exorcisms are something that have been happening all over the world in every culture since ancient times. This idea okay. that like... Um, a demon or a spirit outside of you could get into you and start influencing you. And you would need some help from somebody else to get that entity out of you. Yeah. That goes across all cultures. It's a very human fear to not be in control. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what that's like when you're standing up there on the edge of that building and yeah. you have this little voice going, do it, do it, do it, <laughs> Johnny. Yeah. Take the step. The French actually have a term for that feeling, and it translates roughly into English as the call of the void. Oh. The call of the void is what you hear when you are standing on that ledge of a high cliff, and it just tells you to go. Call of the void. The call of the void. That could be a good name for this episode. Oh. An alternate name for this episode, talking about real-life exorcisms, would be more of a cure than a punishment okay. because that is what exorcisms are considered to be. I do want to talk about today, uh, specifically, we're going to be speaking about Christian exorcisms. This is what most people are familiar with. 
thanks to the slew of movies that have come out over the past 50 years, The Exorcist, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, Last Rites, The Exorcist 2, The Exorcist 3, Pazuzu's Revenge. They, they never stop. Yeah. Ha- have you seen um, uh, The Exorcist movies? Uh, I've seen like most of The Exorcist, and then I saw the really horrible prequel movie. I forget what it's called. Oh, I think it was like Exorcist Begins. I saw yeah. that movie in theaters. That too. movie's awful. It's just like the priest, and he's like going, he's like Indiana Jonesing is yeah. like some shit. By the way, <laughs> the original Exorcist was based off of real life events that happened here in America. Yeah. And that movie is like kind of racist because they're like, yeah. well, before he did that, he was like fighting demons in Africa. And it's like <laughs> that that never happened. This whole like demons in Africa bullshit. Like I- a little tasteless but yeah whatever. i remember there's like a scene the only scenes i remember i think there's like a nazi guy who like kills himself and then the only other scene i remember is like he's in a fucking cave like looking for pazuzu or the fuck yeah exactly it's such a weird movie <laughs> well uh so yeah we're talking about christian exorcisms and in christianity exorcism is the practice of casting out or getting rid of demons um in this christian practice the person performing the exorcism is known as an exorcist this is like exorcism 101 for people out there who've never seen the movie and don't know what any of this is about the exorcist is often a member of the church or an individual who is thought to be graced with special powers or skills okay the exorcist can use prayers Religious materials uh, such as formulas, gestures, symbols, icons, amulets. In a way, it kind of is like Indiana Jones. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. No, I just was sorry. I was just thinking like I'm still stuck on that movie. I'm sorry. You can you could bring up that movie at any point today. It's just like like why did he need a badass like backstory like he, it's already badass that he like exercises a demon out of this girl and it's like yo i don't know it's hollywood <laughs> that movie flopped they never made another exorcist yeah, movie true. after yeah, that yeah. one um the exorcist often evokes the name of god or jesus or several different angels or archangels to intervene with the exorcism and in general people who are considered to be possessed They're not regarded as evil in and of themselves, nor are they held wholly responsible for their actions. Um, Because possession is considered to be an unwilling manipulation by a demon, resulting in harm to yourself or others. Okay. So therefore, When you're performing an exorcism on somebody, it is considered more of a cure than a punishment. You're not trying to punish this person for being possessed. You're trying to fix them. You're trying to save them. Mainstream rituals uh, usually take this into account, and they try to ensure that there's no violence done to the individual who is possessed. You know, uh, but oftentimes they'll have to tie them down. Okay. You know, to like, stop them from potentially hurting themselves or hurting the other people in the room. But generally speaking, the possessed are innocent. By the way, I think the possessed is an awesome band name. Yeah. And I Googled it and it turns out there is a band called the possessed. I could have told you that you already, you're familiar with the possessed. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I used to be way into black metal and they were always kind of 
I've, I've seen their shirt a lot because the, the logo has like the tail at the end. I always like that. Well, let's fire up a little bit of the possessed for people at home. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. I think that's legally all I can play for people of the possessed. I, I like they're on nuclear blast records. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to close out. <laughs> so that's the possessed. Good name for a band. Somebody already picked up on it. They don't need me to tell them that. But generally speaking, the possessed are regarded to be innocent, Johnny. So you can't be angry at somebody just because they have a demon in them. Okay. They yeah. didn't ask for that. Have some sympathy. However, sometimes they do Happy ask sympathy. for it. However, sometimes they do ask for it. What? Yeah, because there are <laughs> biblical verses. For example, the biblical verse, John 13, 27, that implicitly conveys that demonic possession can be voluntary, as exemplified by individuals like Judas Iscariot, who willingly submitted to the devil. You got, you got a problem with Judas now? No. I bet you... <laughs> I'm Judas in my mind, so Judas in my mind, <laughs> Judas in my heart. Chris Jericho fans up here, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Chris Jericho, we should have him on the show talking we about should. demonic possession. All right, well, let's talk about modern day possession. All right, yeah, uh, and and more specifically, modern day exorcisms, because requested and performed exorcisms began to decline significantly here in the United States. In the 18th century, that's right around the time of the Revolutionary War. That's known as the Age of Enlightenment. And generally speaking, America was getting less religious at the time, more scientific. Uh, and people were like, fuck this exorcism shit. That's all bullshit. And things were trending down for like 200, 300 years until the mid 20th century when the public saw a sharp rise in media coverage about exorcisms. Oh, huh. Might have something to do with that film that came out in 1971 oh, yeah, yeah. called The Exorcist. Uh, but also there was a book written by William Peter Blatley, okay. which inspired the movie. That was um, in the public eye. And there were also like news articles. Time magazine ran um, a very famous expose about an exorcism that happened in the middle of the country. And just generally speaking, in the 1900s, the public in America got reinvigorated on this idea of demonic possession and exorcisms happening. It was around uh, the, you know, the era of like satanic panic as well, right? It just predated that. Actually. Oh, okay. Uh, Probably the start of it. I would say between the early 1960s to the mid 1970s, there was a 50% increase in the amount of exorcisms performed here in America. In that 10 years, exorcisms went up by 50%. So, according to um, guidelines issued by the Vatican in the year 1999, which to me is recent, but realistically, that was like almost 25 years ago. Yeah, I was eight. Yeah, which is wild to think. I was um, 14. I was in ninth grade in Hell 1999. Yeah. The Matrix just came out. <laughs> Still seems like a recent year. But in the year 1999... The Vatican updated their guidelines on how exorcisms can be performed. Okay. Which is crazy to think that even in the year 1999, the Catholic Church is still figuring this shit out. Like, they're still like, hold on. We have some new techniques <laughs> for removing the demons from your body. Um, 
But actually, these new stipulations made it harder to perform exorcisms because it said that the persons who claim to be possessed must be evaluated by a doctor to rule out mental or physical illness. Okay, that's smart. I think that's legit. Kudos to you, Catholic Church. Good on you for saying, hey, most of these people are probably just going through it. (laughs) And and we don't need to get the devil involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it's also, uh, you know, you have to keep in mind that that rule was not implemented until the year 1999. And most of the stories that the public knows of the exorcist predate that mandate, which is to say everything you've ever heard about exorcisms, nobody ever considered that it might just be mental illness. Unless you have a more recent case Mm. post 1999, which are extremely rare. Yeah. So everything, you know, that the movie was based on and all, and pretty much every movie you've ever seen has been based on predates this rule being put into place. Uh, I wish I had this, but like, uh, I think recently someone tried to perform an exorcism and they, the kid they were performing it on died or something. So, well, they fucked up. Yeah, they fucked up. They broke rule number one. Yeah, yeah. It's the, in, the possessed or innocent. You can't hurt them. <laughs> Uh, most reported cases do not require an exorcism because officially the Catholic church regards demonic possession to be an extremely rare phenomenon. They say it happens, but you're probably never going to see it in your lifetime. Yeah. Um, and that it is easily confounded with natural mental disturbances. That's the official position from the Catholic church. They're saying, yeah, most of the time, you probably just got something fucking going on. <laughs> but it ain't it ain't the devil. So that, you said that was in 1999? In 1999. Which, which pope was that? That would be JP II, okay. John Paul II. And right. I uh, know that because I was raised Catholic and he was the pope forever. I knew you were going to know and I was, I was stoked. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because I wanted to know the answer. <laughs> Some exorcists attribute the rise in exorcisms over the past... Seventy years uh, to be attributed to the rise in drug use, and well, and they say violence in America, but I feel like uh, reports have shown that violence has actually gone down over the past seventy years. So you know, they might just be like shooting hot takes from the hip. I wonder if you could do a graph and see like the rise in exorcism and how it like correlates with the rise of LSD in America. That'd be crazy. <laughs> like, you probably see it like them like cross paths. Yeah, I wonder if we could do a correlation between the rise in exorcism and the rise in parents being disappointed that their children are living an alternative lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. What do you mean you don't want to go to church anymore? You're smoking weed and having sex? <laughs> There's got to be a devil involved here. <laughs> get, the, get the priest. Get the priest. Uh, So all this is to say it is now the official uh, stance of the Catholic Church that a possessed individual must be evaluated by a doctor to rule out mental or physical illness. Okay. So there's some guidelines. There's a criteria that is officially established. There's like a checklist that the Catholic Church has to say you're not possessed by a demon unless you have this, all of these things. Mm. Your boy found the checklist. Oh. Let's go down this checklist. Let's see what the criteria let's, is. Let's see how many I have. To determine if Johnny <laughs> needs to have an yeah. exorcism. 
Um, I have 13 items on the criteria here. Damn. Unlucky number. I know. Isn't that a coincidence? Yeah. Signs of demonic invasion. All right. They vary depending on the type of demon and the purpose of the demon, but they include, number one, loss or lack of appetite. All right. So ruling that out for me. If you're going on a diet, I have some questions about (laughs) what's going on in your life. Trying to lose some weight. Why? Because you're possessed by the devil. Number two, cutting, scratching or biting of skin, which biting of skin is just kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. You're gnawing on yourself. Uh, This was an interesting one. I bite my nails. Okay, so that's two. I I know you've been trying to go go on a diet, and I see you biting your nails. Well, I quit. So so far you're two for two, Johnny. I'm, dude. I'm three years clean. So far you're two for two. Number three, and this one fucked me up. This one made me scared. No, no. A cold feeling in the room. Okay, I mean that happens a lot. Hey. I don't like your attitude. <laughs> you have an attitude as if this is bullshit. No, no, you have an attitude as if I'm making this up. But these are officially the criteria to determine if somebody has demonic invasion. So let's take this seriously. No, I'm just scared that I'm possessed. If the, if the room is cold, I'm scared as well. <laughs> Number four, unnatural bodily postures and change in the person's face and body. So you're doing like this weird stuff like... Just contorting all weird. Doing your best Ace Ventura impression. Ace Ventura was definitely a demonic (laughs) invasion situation. (laughs) Uh, Number five, the possessed loses control of their normal personality. They enter into a frenzy or rage and or attack others. And frankly, Johnny, I've seen you do this weekly. Hell yeah. (laughs) Change in the person's voice. Supernatural physical strength, not subject to the person's build or age. That one's so kind strong. of freaky. Like yeah, a little yeah. kid has insane strength <laughs> or an old person is suddenly like really insanely roided out. Yeah, yeah. I'm down. Speaking in tongues, the person cannot have learned before new languages. Knowledge of past events, the person cannot have known about. Knowledge of present events, the person is not witnessing or having knowledge about predicted future events that become accurate sometimes in dreams which almost suggests that if you have a dream about the future and it comes true that was planted in your mind by a demon that is what this text is suggesting i hate that feeling when has that happened to you before like hell yeah feeling hell yes half this stuff has happened to me yeah yeah yeah. everything (laughs) on this list has happened to me at some point Half, or another half this list is like like mega church videos like for, sh- for speaking real. in tongues and all that shit levitation and yeah. moving oh. of objects or things okay holy shit uh expelling of objects things or certain animals expelling of certain animals that's gotta be crazy like you make all the spiders like emerge from the walls or something I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't want to face that demon. Yeah, that's the demon that has me beat dead yeah. to rights. <laughs> Number 12, intense hatred or aversion and violent reaction towards all religious objects. I have that. <laughs> okay, Johnny. Well, you're 12 for 12. So if, oh, this, if, if you 
Identify with the 13th criteria. Oh, no. You're officially fucking possessed by a demon. Here we go. Antipathy towards entering a church. Oh. You don't want to enter a church. You oh, don't want to no. you don't want to speak Jesus's name or and you don't want to hear the scripture. Does Thir- that sound like you? That's me. Toothy. You're fucked up, bro. I'm possessed. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, I'm just going to officially say if you're keeping score at home, Johnny is now possessed by a demon yeah. uh, according to this criteria. But don't worry. We're going to fix him up by the end of this show. We're going to get our old friend Johnny <laughs> back. The Johnny that we know and love. So, uh, let me let me destroy this document so that we never have to deal with that again. Exorcists follow procedures that are listed in a ritual of exorcism that has been revised by the Vatican many times. Seasoned exorcists use a ritual from something called the Roman ritual, or in Latin, it's known as rituale romanum. Um, the rituale romanum is a starting point, but it's not like an exact formula. Um, you know, this is basically to say there's kind of a couple, there's different ways to exercise. There's different ways to go about it, right? Yeah. The Vatican, this is going to blow your mind. The Vatican actually offers a class on exorcism. They, okay. They offer a course. And up until the year 2019, this was a closed training course for priests within the Vatican. Like they were training their own army of like, it was like Dumbledore's army. Yeah. yeah. You know, the people like, uh, I guess it's called God's army. We're going to call it the salvation army. Oh, but in 2019, the course was opened up for the first time to members of non-Christian denominations, which means anybody can go and anybody can be trained by the Vatican to become an exorcist. The right. course is called Exorcism and Prayer of Liberation, and it's offered by the Sacerdos Institute. Well, that sounded interesting to me. And a quick Google search revealed this video from the Sacerdo Institute. Let's fire it up. Oh. I wanted to see what you think about this, Johnny. All right. Anniversario. It's Italian. Oh. This is Vatican City. This is from the Pope in Rome. Look at that. Look at all those exorcists Looks there. Like a Comic-Con panel. Exorcismo. Lay people and ecclesiastical movements. That dude's <laughs> taking notes. That guy's like, oh, I'm gonna get the demon. This guy's like, use this like, book for eat food demons and yeah. <laughs> use the other book for... This is my favorite moleskin. <laughs> exactly. Here's all my prayers. So... This is Esoteric, magical, and occult, oh, occultic no. ties. Look at this guy. Look at this priest here. Oh, my God. Discerning the supernatural activity of the devil. That's what this guy's an expert at. <laughs> this dude's got questions. This guy's got answers. Uh, dimension of the Ministry of Exorcism. This dude looks like he's been fried. This guy, too, looks like he's seen some shit, you know? These guys look fucked up. They do. That's my whole point. <laughs> They're all like taking notes, but they look like extremely tired. I mean, what would you expect from a room full of exorcists? Yeah. I <laughs> that video was awesome. I knew you'd like yeah, that video. Just like, I love the idea of taking something so outlandish so seriously. It's they all look like, fucking exhausted. Yeah. Like, they all right. look like they haven't slept in years. <laughs> they all look like they've been battling a lot of demons. <laughs> 
And they're just swapping notes. It's like a big land party, like a big D and D session. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. oh, you got this spell. Oh, have you tried the? Have you battled Pazuzu yet? I'm not fucking ready for Pazuzu. Well, here, you hold on. I got some notes. Let's go through my strategy guide. Yeah, <laughs> I like the idea of them trading spells. That was amazing. So I actually read the Roman ritual. Uh, I'm yeah for uh, the exorcism rite. It's extremely long. It's extremely boring. Uh It's very religious. Okay. And honestly, it's kind of like this weird brainwashing chant. I was I was considering like bringing parts of it in here, but I unironically thought it would like put people to sleep because (laughs) it is it 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 reminds me of like the hypnosis I I see at the fair. Okay. Um, in the summer where they just say like uh, they just repeat a phrase over and over and then. Um, you know, like, like in the movie, yeah, the exorcist, when they say the power of Christ compels you, they'll say that over and over and then they'll just fill like random, um, imagery in between, like the power of Christ compels you and all the demons on hell and earth will be expelled. The power of Christ compels you and God above strikes you with his power. The power of Christ compels you and all the holy water washes over you. The power of Christ compels you. It's that kind of thing where you're listening and then it's very hypnotic. And I think that they uh, are putting people into, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. A hypnotic state where they can then like, you know, implant things or remove things or influence them in certain ways. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. More to me, to me, it was kind of long and boring. And I found that more interesting than the Roman ritual was another book called Of Exorcisms and Certain Supplications, which is a very, very boring name. It might sound better in Latin. De exorcimis et supplicationobis quabustum. I like to do it with like a, yeah. a, a Latin like mass thing. <laughs> this book, the one I just mentioned, is an 84-page document that was released by the Catholic Church and contains the most current version of the rite of exorcism that has been authorized for use by the Latin Church. The ritual book was published on January 26, 1999, and it's the most recently updated official book to talk about the exorcism rites. The document was originally only released in Latin, but some versions have been translated into English. What this document says is there's an introductory rubric that states the devil and other demons can not only afflict a person, but they can also afflict places and objects. Did you know that a place could be possessed by a demon? Like a house or a street or a McDonald's? I guess if you want to like... I just want to let everybody know it is possible for McDonald's to be possessed (laughs) by a demon. I would love to go to a possessed McDonald's. Demonic Uh, McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Demonic McDonald's! (laughs) Well, we, we know, we have proof that objects can be possessed the skeleton. Yeah, dude. The skeleton. That he d- did he lie? Did he fucking lie? <laughs> I wish I had 16 minutes of spare podcast time right now <laughs> to play that video for you, but I don't. But watch demonic uh what's it called? Uh was it like haunted skeleton or something? Demonic crazy yeah, skeleton yeah. caught on tape. If you could track down this video. Haunted and possessed. If you're a Mega 64 fan, you have to know what this video is. You yeah. have to watch this video. To me, this is the greatest short film of all time. Oh yeah. Of all time. Uh, a couple Halloweens ago, me and my friends at midnight had a uh, a film screening of that and uh, my other favorite video on the internet, uh, a t- t- crazy tweaker lady uh, 
go goes through the fence. I think it's called. I don't I've know. never even seen that. It's one. just a video of like a fence, and then you just start seeing a hand coming out from behind <laughs> it. I have seen that. And video. then, and then, I have seen yeah, that and then halfway through the the guy just films on the other side and says tweaker lady going ah. <laughs> anyway, it's a good video. Ah, we're gonna have to have a film festival one of these days and just show all these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, not only can places and objects be possessed, but the document also warns against confusing demonic possession with mental illness. And it states that the devil, and I thought this was very interesting, and I want everybody at home to remember this. This is the official stance of the Catholic Church as of the year 1999. The devil is a spirit without body, without color, without odor. Although taking many forms, Satan is a metaphysical being and exists without real physical attributes. Did you know that Satan kind of comes from a mistranslation of the Torah? No, I did not know that. Uh, I think in like the early bits of the Torah, there's like, I don't remember which part it is, but one of the uh, people were like trying to get somewhere and they start seeing like a river in their path. Like, and, and there's like a, it, it kind of says, it has like a name for it. Like someone, like he, like God is like putting, you know, a path between this guy and doing his thing. Mm -hmm. I wish I knew what the fuck, uh, who you it was. You need to be more religious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it, through that text, it was like, you know, the word for like trickster or something in Hebrew was like kind of mistranslated as oh. being like like a devil or something. That makes sense. Yeah. I could see that. I, I think I butchered that, but I think but all the information I, I feel like the, the general trivial knowledge is there. It's a mistranslation yeah. from the Torah. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to repeat that you know, they say that the devil doesn't have a body, doesn't have color, doesn't have odor, is just a metaphysical energy, but is not, does not have a physical form. It can't touch you, cannot be in the room with you. Just remember that. Um, it also, this text, this 84-page text, has prayers which can be used privately by the faithful, which means you don't even need to be a trained exorcist. You can just do it yourself if you have faith. All right, that's cool. I don't have to go to that fucking no. 7 a.m. Vatican meeting. Yeah. There's an appendix in this document say that says prayers which may be used privately by the faithful in the struggle against the powers of darkness. And it includes a prayer to St. Michael. And it even says that this prayer to St. Michael can be replaced by another, by prayers that are better known to the people. So basically it's like, here's a short prayer. That is officially can be used in an exorcism. Okay. But if you have another common version of this that you are familiar with, just use that one. I'll read the prayer right now. Johnny. Yeah. We've already confirmed that you are possessed. No. And so I'm going to perform an exorcism oh on you right now. I'm not going to do a bit. I'm just, we're just going to see what happens. St. Michael. This is the prayer. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in this day of battle. Be our safeguard against the wickedness, wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking for the ruin of souls. Amen. Oh, scary. The demons have been cast. <laughs> Someone should comment that on the demonic crazy skeleton video. Help those people out. Yeah, we need that. Yeah, put that. We need that prayer. That <laughs> so 
Let's talk about the most well-documented exorcism in history. Okay. It actually happened in America. Uh, it happened to a woman who's known by Anna Eklund. But a lot of people believe that this is a pseudonym for her real name, which was Emma Schmidt. Oh. Um, so this woman, people don't actually know who she is because her identity has been changed to protect her because she was so notorious. They've kind of tracked her down to two potential actual real world people. Like maybe it was this woman, maybe it was this woman. They only have two options, but they don't know which one it was. All right. For that reason, we don't exactly know her birth date. But um, most people agree that it's, we're just going to say March 23rd, 1882. We also don't know her death day because those two women, potential women, died on different days. This is a woman who went through an exorcism and her identity was later changed to protect her. Um, she's an American woman whose alleged demonic possession and exorcism occurred over several decades, culminating in an extensive exorcism that lasted from August 18th, August 18th to December 23rd in 1928. Damn, just tortured this woman for months. <laughs> in, in Erling, Iowa. They oh my sure God, did. In Iowa. And I'm going to tell you everything that happened. Okay. I'm going to give you the whole story from beginning to end. Anna was said to have exhibited symptoms of possession beginning at the age of 14. And later, when she was 46 years old, the demons returned to her, culminating in a final exorcism performed by Father Theophilus Reisinger, a Roman Catholic priest. Her case is considered by theology and paranormal scholars to be one of the most abundantly documented cases of possession in the 20th century. And there was a profile on this case by Time magazine in 1936. Sorry, I didn't know Time Magazine was around that early. Time Magazine's been around for a long time. Damn. So the story says, starting at the age of 14, Anna had grown an aversion to holy objects. Although she was raised in a Catholic household in Marathon, Wisconsin, she found herself unable to enter churches as if an, an unseen force held her back. In 1912, Father Reisinger was called to perform an exorcism on Anna and successfully purged her of her demons. Or so he believed. Um, 16 years later, is that right? In 1928, Anna again found herself unable to pray, unable to go to church, and unable to receive the sacraments that connected her to her faith. And now, the spirit's sinister voices dogged her every step and pressured her to commit terrible acts. Anna feared that she was losing her mind. Sounds like schizophrenia. Could be, could be. There were, the Time Magazine article was written about this, and then later on a book was written about this called Satan Be Gone. And we have alternate uh, versions of these events from the book Satan Be Gone that go into more detail okay. of what actually happened. So when we talk about how Anna, what, the first exorcism was performed in 1912. Um, uh, 
she had begun to manifest symptoms at the age of 14. I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself here. I'm repeating <laughs> myself here. So let me just skip ahead here. Let me just skip ahead here. She wanted to pray when she was 12 years old. She wanted to go to church and receive her Holy Communion, but some interior hidden power was interfering with her plans. The situation became worse instead of improving. Words cannot express what she had to suffer. This is the account from the book, Satan Be Gone. She was actually barred from consultations of the church and torn away from them by force. Um, she could not help herself in any way and seemed to be in the clutches of some mysterious power. She was conscious. This is the part that's creepy to me. She was conscious of some sinister inner voice that kept on suggesting disagreeable things to her. These voices tried their utmost to arouse, quote, thoughts of the most shameful type within her. And I had read separately that she was driven to perform like bizarre sexual acts. I think that's what they're referencing when they say thoughts of the most shameful type. Okay. <clears throat> and tried to induce her to do these unmentionable things and even bring her to despair. The poor creature was helpless and secretly was of the opinion, secretly was of the opinion that she was going insane. Father Reisinger gave a quote, and he said, you can't imagine the terrible symptoms and feelings that possessed people have. Strange cats and dogs talk to them in the night. They cannot perform their religious duties. They are kept away from the churches and are exceedingly unhappy. He said that in 1936. Yes, you heard that right. Strange dogs and cats talk to them in the night. Familiars. The familiars. That's got to fuck you up. Yeah. Your dog starts talking to you. <laughs> I can't go to church. My dog is talking to me. I feel like shit. <laughs> that would scare the shit out of me. <clears throat> You're possessed, Jonathan. There's a dog at the foot of my bed. Yeah. So Risinger thought he had cleared Anna of her demons when she was a girl, but when she was in her 40s, they came back, and he was convinced that the demons were redoubling their efforts, and this time <clears throat> they had brought seven fellow spirits with them. These spirits would make the exorcism exceedingly difficult, according to Father Riser. Seven demons inside one person. Sounds like a demon party. By the way... Demon Party sounds like an awesome name for a band. Yeah. And I Googled it. There is no band called yeah. Demon Party. So there you go. I wish I had a song to play for you, but I don't. <laughs> if you want to start the band called Demon Party, go right ahead. This show, I encourage you. The show is just a conduit for band names. So That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So she was possessed when she was a young girl, and now she's become repossessed at the age of 40, and she's gone back to the same priest. Imagine being that priest, by the way. That's a hell of a story. Yeah, I, uh, people are like, hey, Father uh, Reisinger, you remember that girl Anna? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that 14-year-old who was possessed by the devil? I cleaned her up. Yeah. No, the devil's back in her, and it's like seven devils this time, <laughs> and she's not 14 anymore. She's 40. That's like Terminator 2. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, you yeah. thought you fixed this problem? The problem has only just begun. He's going to get a bad Yelp review. <laughs> it didn't work out. I paid for an exorcism and was thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> well, Risinger knew that the stakes were high and that the potential for trouble um, that an exorcism could bring, he knew what was there because after the first time he did the exorcism on Anna, rumors started to spread around town all about her. 
that she had become possessed because of an incestuous advance by her father. And in fact, all these crazy rumors started. Um, There was also a rumor that her aunt, who went by the name of Mina, um, practiced black magic as a witch, and that her father Jacob and her aunt Mina were lovers who practiced black, black magic and would put cursed spells on the food that they fed to Anna because they wanted to have some weird sexual demonic relationship with her. This was like the rumor that had circulated yeah. after her first exorcism. This seems so traumatic to experience <laughs> yeah. as a person. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just have like I assume. I mean, I I want to like be here and be present, but like I, I just assume this person had mental illness and like just got ostracized by their entire. We're gonna community. we're gonna explore that yeah. as we go. There's gonna be much more to this story where you're definitely gonna be thinking that. But Father Risinger felt like there was a threat for public backlash, and so he consulted with a friend from um because this was happening in Wisconsin. He he consulted with a friend in Iowa in Erling, Iowa, and together they decided to bring Anna to an isolated convent. Okay. In Erling, Iowa. That that sounds sus. Run by some Franciscan sisters to ensure privacy and protection for the exorcism that they were about to perform. Okay. And I'm going to tell you right now, the shit that went on in this convent is going to blow your fucking mind. You are literally, you're not going to believe what I tell you next. I was fucked up. They got exorcisms and a a slipknot. (laughs) I don't know what else. So upon receiving the Mother Superior's permission, the reverends brought Anna to the convent on August 17th, 1928. She immediately upon arriving refused food. Loss of appetite. Oh, She refused food that had been blessed, and she could sense when holy water had been sprinkled on her food ahead of time. I'm sorry for... No, no, it's just funny, the idea. Like, you probably could taste it. Yeah. Like, why is this burger wet? (laughs) (laughs) How did she know? (laughs) Soggy water. How did she notice we soaked her food in water? Yeah. They said that she would hiss in aversion like a oh, cat. Nice. To the to the holy food. Um the first of on the first session, uh, she was bound to an iron bed to prevent dangerous behavior. With years of experience, Father Risinger fully expected that Anna would be attacking people during the ceremony, and so he brought in the strongest sisters of, of the convent to stand by to assist. So you got these big burly buff nuns there. <laughs> She's already strapped down to a bed. Uh, But yet nothing prepared them for what happened next. As they started the exorcism, it is said that Anna sank into a deep sleep with her eyes shut tightly. Let me read you an excerpt about this from the book Satan Be Gone. Sure. It says, The woman was placed firmly upon the mattress of an iron bed, and upon the advice of Father um, Risinger, her arm sleeves and her dress were tight, tightly bound as to prevent any devilish tricks. The strongest nuns were selected to assist in case anything might happen, and there was a suspicion the devil might attempt attacking the exorcist during the ceremony. Should anything unusual happen, the nuns were to hold the woman down. Soon as the prayers were begun, Anna sank 
into an unconscious state and remained in that state throughout the period of the exorcism. Her eyes were closed so tightly, no one could force them open. So the story says, as they began the rite of exorcism, Anna allegedly ripped through her restraints, leapt into the air, and clung to the wall above the room's door. Okay. Some people say this was like the straps ripped themselves off and she levitated. And then a door, yeah, that's like eight feet tall. How are you hang? How are you clutching the wall above a door? Yeah, that's in this convent, Spider Man. And shit. you've just been chained down to a bed. And they're like, they chain you down to a bed. They start praying to you. You fall asleep, and then suddenly, and you like clutch clutch onto the door up there. Um. Father Reisinger and the sisters had to drag Anna from the wall back into bed and restrained her as she made inhuman howls. This would last throughout the end of the first session. According to the book, Satan Be Gone, Reisinger began the exorcism. The woman dislodged herself from the bed and from the hands of the guards. Her body was carried through the air, landed high above the door of the room, clung to the wall with a tenacious grip. Tenacious grip. Tenacious G. That's a good band name. <laughs> Everybody who was present was struck with trembling fear, except for Father Reisinger, who kept his peace. The, uh, what, what's the matter? <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just looked over your paper and it says Tenacious G. Right? Yeah, I made a note. That's great. I have I notes that. here. Um, <laughs> the sisters oh. dragged her back down to the bed and restrained her. Loud howling sounds emanated from the woman, drawing the attention of everyone in the convent. Everyone came to see what was happening. Many could not handle the sight. The physical condition of the possessed presented such a gruesome sight that uh, it distorted members of her body and it seemed unbearable to the witnesses. A lot of people left the convent after witnessing that. Over the following two sessions from September 13th to September 20th and then again on December 15th to December 23rd, Anna deteriorated quickly. Listen to this. Although she ate less and less, she regularly vomited Quote, impossible amounts during the exorcisms. This phrase to me strikes a chord because I have a very large and expansive imagination. Yeah. So when you tell me somebody is vomiting impossible amounts, what is your definition of impossible? Because my definition of impossible is not fucking possible. Yeah. yeah. When I hear you're vomiting impossible amounts, that's like you're throwing up so much that you're filling up the room and everybody's <laughs> swimming in it. Yeah. Oh, like, God. What are these? Impo what's an impossible amount of vomit to you? At what point does the vomit become impossible? <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, projectile. Yeah. Against the wall. I don't know. I, I, I think that's possible. That's within the realm of possible to me. Well, it, not if you're not eating. I feel like it's crazy to, you know, just suddenly like, you, you know, vomit for like more than a second. Interesting. Like, yeah. Interesting. The vomit seemed to consist primarily of tobacco leaves and other debris. Oh. Which is weird. At the same time, the demons inside Anna began to physically change and distort her body. Not only did her head swell and elongate, but her face became so disfigured that few recognized the woman who had arrived at the convent just a few months earlier. By the end, she had become pale, a death-like figure. Her body was emaciated, and her eyes 
are reported to have glowed red like burning embers. Okay. Vomiting, face swelling, eyes glowing red. Let me pause here and give you my theories. I saw a picture recently of a woman who had thrown up so hard she broke the blood blood vessels in her eyes. When they say that her eyes were glowing red, I wonder if that is what happened. She broke the blood vessels in her eyes and they were literally like filled with blood. And also when you don't eat, you get that like nauseous feeling. And, you know, I've when I was a kid, I would like, you know, I would uh, not be able to eat for a bit. And then I would like feel like I was going to throw up. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And then the report says she was somehow vomiting what looked like tobacco leaves. And I Googled it. I don't have a picture, but tobacco leaves, they're what you expect. They're like dried little, you know, gross looking pieces of paper almost. Yeah, yeah. And then I was thinking, she's in this convent. Maybe she's going schizophrenic. Maybe, I don't know what's going on. She's not eating anything. Let's just say maybe she wants to not be eating anything. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Maybe Anna wants to not eat anything. I don't know why. Maybe she wants to pe- to convince people she's possessed. Maybe it's intentional. Maybe it's unintentional. You know, it's like some schizophrenia, some mental illness. Yeah. Here's where I'm going with my theory. Nicotine, tobacco, is a known appetite suppressant. Yeah. What if somehow she was sustaining herself off of tobacco leaves? I don't know where she's getting tobacco leaves. All I'm going off of is there's a report that says she vomited up what looked like tobacco leaves. And these priests are like, oh, the devil is here because she's vomiting up tobacco leaves. Where did she get the tobacco leaves from? And my logical 21st century brain says she fucking ate them. That's yeah. where that's where she fucking got them from. Like, she fucking ate the tobacco leaves. C- cigarettes. You, you dumb fucks. Cigarettes exist, I think, at that point point you know like she could just be eating cigarettes my theory is she's not eating the food because she's convinced that she for whatever reason she's not eating food but she's she's sustaining herself off tobacco leaves as an appetite suppressant to to hold back that hunger well you know what i looked up severe nicotine poisoning oh you know what the motherfucking symptoms are (laughs) vomiting vomiting face swelling yeah And I actually Googled this and I didn't bring the picture in because it was one of those like medical oddity pictures that makes people feel uncomfortable. But if you're interested, look up face swelling and how severe the face swelling can get from nicotine poisoning or from food poisoning in general. It can you literally can have your face swelled up so much you're unrecognizable. Like you look like your face is three times as big as it usually is. when you drink a lot of alcohol over time, you know, your 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 nose starts to swell and all yes. that shit. Like you're yeah, when you're poisoning your body, I feel like your face swells usually. These are used as examples of demonic possession, but they also coincide with um nicotine poisoning and they even state that it looked like it was tobacco leaves in her vomit. So obviously it was in her system somehow. I'm the yeah. only person who is saying this stuff because in all the reports I read, people are just like Oh, she was possessed. Oh, she was vomiting. Oh, she became deformed and her eyes glowed red. And I'm like, there's a medical explanation for yeah. pretty much all of that. I think, you know, both of us have definitely smoked two cigarettes back to back and gotten really nauseous. <laughs> and, I, and I felt like I was possessed <laughs> yeah. by the devil. Yeah, me too. 
So as the exorcism progressed, Anna's behavior also changed. She began to produce, this is good, impossible amounts of urine and feces. Nice. Again, my question, how do you define impossible? <laughs> Anna responded to the priest's actions with vitriol, foaming at the mouth whenever Reisinger spoke Latin phrases. Okay. From the book, Begone Satan, it says, at one point, when Reisinger was asking to speak with the woman's father, whom Beelzebub said was with them. So her father was one of the spirits inside of her when oh. she was 40, when she was an older woman. He died. Some trauma. A voice claiming to be that of Judas Iscariot, remember him? We mentioned him at the top of the show, began speaking instead. And when Reisinger asked what business he had with the woman, Judas replied, to bring her to despair so that she will commit suicide and hang herself. She must get the rope. She must go to hell. Oh. Anna was speaking this in the voice of Judas while being possessed and being interviewed by the priest. Other voices claiming to be her father, Jacob, as well as his child-murdering concubine, Mina, eventually spoke as well. During the exorcism, the demonic presence inside the woman began to physically deform her. Her face became distorted so no one could recognize her. Uh, her body became horribly disfigured so that the regular contour of her body vanished. Um, it is said that her emaciated head assumed the size of an inverted water pitcher and became as red as glowing embers, and her lips swelled up to the proportions of hands. Hands. <laughs> oh, well, I'm Anna. Sorry. That's scary. Her thin, emaciated body was bloated to such an enormous size that the pastor and some of the sisters drew back out of fright, thinking the woman might burst asunder. She bloated. She started swelling up. That's probably a sign of, like, not eating. At times, her abdominal region and extremities became hard as iron and stone, and in these instances, the weight of her body increased and pressed into the iron bed so that the rods of the bed bent to the floor. That one's weird. Yeah. That, that her weight increased. Sound. I don't know. On one occasion, it is said her body expanded to twice its normal size, causing the room to wince in fear that she would explode. She spoke in languages she had never heard before. She could list the childhood sins of the nuns and priests standing in the room. That's badass. That's fucking cool. <laughs> I don't want to argue with a chick no, like no, that. No, 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 no. She knows everything I've done since I was a kid. <laughs> Damn. She knows about that prank I pulled. <laughs> After a short time, several sisters asked to leave the convent out of fear of being in there with Anna. And they could hardly be blamed. Her voice sank into that of a guttural growl capable of creating impossible sounds. And even as she slept, she would mutter in unsettling languages, blaspheming God and verbally assaulting anyone in the room. She's sleeping and you walk into the room and she starts just cursing you out, verbally yeah. assaulting you. Sleep shit talking. That's what my great grandma used to do. She had dementia. If you walked in the room, she would just tell you to fuck off. It was wild. So dang, this is before they uh, considered mental illness. Yeah, yeah. This is before that was part of the rules. Um, where do we go from here? Oh, Risinger 
And the sisters directly asked the spirits within here, and Anna listed several, with Beelzebub being the leader. Um, she noted that she had been possessed at the command of her father Jacob and his mistress Mina with the help of Lucifer himself. And by her accounts, this is while she is possessed, she says, the original exorcism failed because her father Jacob and her aunt Mina had continued to poison her food with cursed spices. Those two people had died and had been damned and now joined the demon horde within Anna. With the demons now identified, the exorcism could finally come to an end. Okay. And so they prepared for the final session. The final session of this exorcism took place on December 23rd, 1928. Oh, yeah. I just want to note here. So all of that was happening over the course of months, 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 <laughs> months. So, yeah. Scary. Anna stood upright on her bed, collapsed, screaming at the top of her lungs. And once her shouts reached a fever pitch, an unearthly stench passed through the room. Satan. You know what that is. Satan's fart. She, yeah, she was like, I've been saving this for months. Anna quieted herself, opened her eyes, and spoke in a clear voice for the first time in many months. And after 23 days, the exorcism was over and the evil was gone. She farted out the demons? She farted out the demons. Nice. <laughs> I do that a lot. Father Reisinger said that Lucifer himself had appeared during this final session. He said, once uh, the book Satan Be Gone stated that once Father Reisinger saw Lucifer standing visibly before him for half an hour, a fiery being in his characteristically dem demonic reality, he had a crown on his head, he carried a fiery sword in his hand. Beelzebub stood alongside him. During this time... Oh, sorry. I was, uh, Satan and Beelzebub are different people? Apparently. Okay. Apparently. During this time, the whole room was filled with flames. This, to me, is strange, because this is a book written about these events. Supposedly, yeah. they interviewed Father Reisinger. Supposedly, this is something Father Reisinger said happened. But the Catholic Church, in 1999, said Satan cannot take a physical form. Satan is odorless. Satan is colorless. Satan is a metaphysical energy that does not have a physical body. So what is this story yeah. of the devil was standing there wearing a crown, holding a sword, lighting the room on fire? What is that story? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that the Catholic Church came out and said that he was like, you know, formless. Because I feel like whenever you see like images of him, he's like jacked. Yeah. Like he's jacked. He's dude. been working out. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, damn. It's like, damn, Satan's going to fuck me up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Maybe Risinger was crazy, too. And that, to me, would be the ultimate twist in this story. Yeah, just two mentally ill people just like, you two know. Two mentally ill people convinced that they're fighting the devil. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. On December 23rd, 1928, Reisinger was exhausted and appeared to those around him to have aged 20 years from performing these exorcisms. But the devil had finally receded back to hell. Um, this is according to Satan Be Gone. Anna stood upright suddenly on her bed and then collapsed. A piercing sound filled the room, 
followed by the repeated names of the demons inside her. I actually read a different version of this mm. that said she would name a demon and then say hell. And she would just do that over and over. Beelzebub, hell. Judas, hell. Jacob, hell. Mina, hell. Just doing that over and over and over. Casting out all the demons. This slowly faded away. And this is a separate report that says this. This slowly faded away and was replaced by a horrible, (laughs) unearthly stench. (laughs) She's ripping farts every time. Multiple reports. Yeah. Talk about the farting <laughs> of the demons. I want to read this book. Nobody says she farted. <laughs> they just say the room got real steamy. Yeah, yeah. The fucking the 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 priest was like, I have to cover this shit up. <laughs> the woman opened her eyes and shouted, "My Jesus, mercy, praise be to Jesus Christ!" And in the years that followed, Anna was able to live a relatively peaceful existence. Her identity was kept secret. Her name was changed in the reports and books that were written about her. Reverend um, Risinger lived out a full life. And as more people read the book, Satan Beyond, Beyond Satan, actually is what it was called, Risinger's okay. stature grew. And he became known as um, the one of the most prominent exorcists in America. He was, uh, this case was a huge influence on the book, The Exorcist, written by William Peter Blatley, which was later turned into a famous movie. And in 1936, Time Magazine did an expose on Reisinger and this entire exorcism. I was going to ask, because it seemed like one-to-one the same things that happened in the movie, you know? Yes. It's even said that in this convent in Erling, Iowa, still to this day, there is a door. That is permanently marked with the demonic claw claw marks left by Anna Eklund as evidence of the epic battle between good and evil. Do do we know where that is or is this? I do not know where it is. I I tried to find a picture of this door. (laughs) I could not find it. That is the most famous exorcism um, supposedly ever documented in in, uh, human history. Yeah. Fuck you, Emily Rose. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) Um, And now I want to close out this episode with some videos of some real exorcisms caught on tape. Hell yeah. Now I have one that I'm going to show you that has pretty much been confirmed to be an exorcism. Okay. And I, and I don't say that lightly. (laughs) I do not say that lightly. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to show you probably the best video evidence of an actual exorcism ever recorded in the history of humankind. And I'm going to give you the story before I show you the video. This is a news story that came out in the year 2013. And it says the Vatican has denied claims that Pope Francis performed an exorcism. Have you seen this video? No. A TV showed images of a man apparently reacting to the Pope putting his hands on his head. The encounter happened during a mass which was shown on a television channel owned by the Italian Bishops Conference. The station quoted exorcists, various exorcists, and we know the Vatican has a whole army of trained exorcists, a whole army. They said that there was, quote, no doubt, no doubt that the Pope had either performed an exorcism or a prayer to free the man from an evil spirit. But the later, but the director of the station later retracted that statement and apologized for having, quote, altered the truth. 
The Pope's spokesman said that the Pope did not intend to perform any exorcisms, which I think is a very interesting wording. Yeah. He didn't say the Pope didn't perform an exorcism. He said the Pope did not intend to perform an exorcism. Okay. And that's a very interesting choice of words. He went on to say, rather, as he frequently does with the sick or suffering who come his way, he simply intended to pray for a suffering person. The footage shows a young man in a wheelchair opening his mouth and either screaming or breathing deeply as the Pope puts his hands on his head and prays for him. The man then convulses and slumps over. Um, the TV director who said it was an exorcism apologized, said, I don't want to attribute a gesture to the Pope that he didn't intend to perform. I apologize for having altered the truth of the facts and for the people who are involved. I apologize to the Holy Father. But religious figures in Rome have said that that was an exorcism, all right. I, I like how they're insinuating that the Pope is so powerful that he like accidentally exorcised someone. He's like, man, that <laughs> yeah, li literally yes. <laughs> you just hit the nail one hundred percent on the head. What, yeah, what's yeah. happening here? In 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 fact, the Vatican's former chief exorcist of the time, Gabriel Amorth, said that was an exorcism. And that he has himself performed exorcisms on the same man after the Pope did it. Let's go to the video. Oh. Look at that look. Whoa. Pope's like, you good? Oh, this is scary. Just look at the woman who's next in line. <laughs> She's like, oh, God. She's like, the fuck? He's stealing his brain. Like, the fuck? And then he's like, yeah. He's like, get that paper away from him. <laughs> that paper. And the Pope Francis is like, okay, I'm just going to move on. I'm just going to move on. <laughs> so, I have it playing here for a second time. Yeah, if you yeah, yeah. Watch again. This is with commentary. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, what is this guy doing? Everybody is caught off guard. He's like, like, oh, shit. Yeah, everybody's confused. Like, what the? F this is supposed to be normal. Thing. Pope Francis is like, get the fuck back in there, you demon. Okay, all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. have a good one, buddy. <laughs> Catch you later. Well, yes, that was an exorcism <laughs> by the Pope. Dude, he's a freak in Rome. But I have another video to uh -huh. show you of an exorcism that happened right here in good old America. Oh, caught on tape. In Texas, oh. in a public park. Can I show you this news clip from CNN? Yes. They start getting louder and louder and louder. You think she was on the ground and they were standing over her with hands on her, screaming, Satan, I demand that you depart. You've been, you know, and it just went on and on and on. That's a reaction from one bystander after what eyewitnesses are calling an exorcism this morning. I don't know if they're reciting the Archangel or Michael prayer, the prayer to Michael. I don't know yeah. if they're doing it right. Did they consult the Roman ritual? Did they, did they check for mental illness before it happened? I don't know. I don't know. They're just doing it. Yeah, they're, just, they're, they're raw dog in the exorcism. <laughs> raw dog and <laughs> keep watching. With a perusal of the Bible and a quick prayer. But today was just a little bit By different. By the way, pause this real quick. This story is funny because the police are called. 
Hey, everybody, what do you think the police reaction is going to be to this exorcism? Start thinking now because you're going to find mm. out in just a few seconds. My guess is that they pepper sprayed everyone. They tell uh, Satan to stop resisting before they <laughs> unload on him. Hell yeah. All demons get him mad. <laughs> uh, no, keep going. Keep going. Red, uh, no prayer because it just got a little too crazy. Eyewitnesses who were here earlier this morning during the incident say that the three were originally sitting on this CNN? bench when eventually they moved to the ground yeah, right in like front an and then ended oh, right here say, this pretty in low front quality of this pond. Jesus can heal anybody, but it's just not something you expect to see on the duck pond. I am glad to know that everybody's okay. Something about a duck pond? Not something you expect to see on the duck pond. Oh, he keep playing it. It was also the concern of local clergyman Father Dave Hoaxley. Person who there exercising and that uh, that person is uh, this guy's like you should getting the care <laughs> he says exorcism is the removal of an evil spirit through the use of well we already know it yeah, yeah. yeah. we were talking about it all episode exactly that's his that's his uh, uh bong right there exorcism bong please that is i hope that the people who were doing it had some level of training please say they were called to the scene but since it is not illegal say? to perform he said he hoped the people who were doing it had some level of training, but here we go. Police said they were called to the scene, but... ...form an exorcism in a public place. They did not take action. They also say that no one was injured. For CBS 7, I'm Sarah They said it's not illegal to perform an exorcism yeah. in public. So they took no action. I hope that they add uh, no exorcism to that sign. No skateboarding, no running, no swimming, fishing, or diving. No exercising a, a demon invasion <laughs> of the body. And... No barbecues and no glass. So that is an exorcism yeah. happening in public, in public in Eastern Texas. That's what's going on in America today. By the way, I already thought Texas was fucked up. I didn't know that they had demons possessing people in the parks out there too. Can that state get any worse? I tell you, they just can't. It's no, no. Number one state for demon possession in America. That alone is a reason why I never want to go to Texas. <laughs> but... Getting back to the duck pond. The duck pond. Can you believe that that's going on at the duck pond? You ever no. heard that? You ever heard the duck pond rap? Y yeah. <laughs> Do you, are you familiar with the duck pond rap? Vaguely, yeah. Uh, ah, I'm listening to this report and I just, I feel like it'd be so good to end this episode by playing the duck pond song. People out there, you probably don't even know what the duck pond song is. I don't even know how I found the duck pond. Is it Garrett who turned me on to it? Was it one of Garrett's friends who was always singing it? <laughs> I don't know. The problem with the duck pond, they say the N-word. It's yeah. a rap. They, they say it like 50 times. It's not like you could play that on Mega no, Strange never. Podcast. And it's such like a, like, random little indie internet song. It's like, did anybody out there ever even take the time to make a cleaned up version of the duck pond? I'm not sure. I did. Let's fire it up. Oh, I'm scared. Blast it. Yeah. Say what? Mark Circle. Uh. Yeah. We at the duck pond. Fucking round at the duck pond. Smoking once at the oh duck pond. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say it again. We at the duck pond. Fucking round at the duck pond. Smoking once at the duck pond. It's funny. Yeah. Now. Uh, I'm gonna break it down for you right now. Uh, <laughs> eight, four, three, young. 
Ducks don't know me. Beating ducks in my home city. Thanks for watching, Chuck everyone. I don't give a fuck if you fuck with me, then your ass will get stuck. Like this. Like Two nine four oh five. Smack a duck in the face. Get my niggas high fives. It's duck pond. Be full of shit. And if you don't like it, you can suck on my little duck. Tippy at the duck pond. <laughs> Fucking around at the duck pond. <laughs> Pulling blunts at the duck pond. Yeah. Oh, uh. Uh -huh. I don't know where to go from here. That's our episode for today, everybody. Thanks for watching. Follow us on Instagram, Make a Strange Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Make a Strange 666 for all your updates. We will be back in the future with more episodes. Just want to remind everybody, we are winding down for season three of Make a Strange. Yes. Season four is on the way. Uh, we may take a break for a few weeks, Hell but yeah. don't worry. We will return. Just stay tuned. Stay with us. We appreciate your support. I don't know if we'll have any more. Um, well, we'll probably maybe have an episode or two coming up, but I just want to let everybody know that we're going to be going on break for a while, preparing for the new season of Mega Strange. I've been hyping that for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Got to get the message out there. Um, but we'll see you next time. So stay, stay strange, everybody. Good night.